Hi, my name is Joel Krieger. I am a philosopher at the University of Exeter, and my talk today is entitled Taking Watsuji Online, Itagara and Expression in Online Spaces. The work that I'm going to discuss comes out of some work I've done previously on the Japanese philosopher Tetsuro Watsuji. Uh, this is, I'm now doing some work in collaboration with my colleague, Lucy Osler. We're taking some work that she has done on the phenomenology of online sociality, empathy online, and then also drawing on some collaborative work that we've done together, looking at, for example, the way that online spaces regulate affective and emotional experiences. So the question that I want to consider today is the following. What does it mean to talk about online spaces? What are we talking about when we talk about going online? One possibility is to think of online spaces as informational spaces. We might think of informational spaces uh, in terms of their ability to drive, scaffold, and maybe even extend cognition. So for example, the internet offers an array of different resources that enable us to record essentially everything we say, everything we do, everything we experience. We can wear webcams that are constantly uploading this information to the internet. And we might think about the way that online spaces then pr uh, provide resources for changing the very nature of memory, what kind of thing memory is and how it works. The question that I want to ask and the question that Lucy and I have been asking some of the work we've done together is a slightly different question. The question is, what, what about affective spaces? What about affective space, uh, spaces that we experientially inhabit and co-construct with others? It's a different way of thinking about the nature of online spaces and the sort of things that they can do. So that's the question that I want to ask today. And I have two objectives with today's talk. Uh, first, I want to introduce uh, Tetsuro Watsuji's phenomenology of Aidagara, or betweenness. While Watsuji, I think, is becoming increasingly well-known in certain phenomenological circles, I think he's still not as well-known as he should be. So I want to introduce his phenomenology of betweenness and then apply uh, Watsuji's phenomenology of betweenness to an analysis of subjectivity and expression in online spaces. And the main idea I want to put forward today is that the internet is not simply a sophisticated form of communication technology, although it is, of course. It enables us to span physical distances and share information back and forth. It's also a resource that gives rise to what Watsuji calls new forms of subjective spatiality. These are forms of lived space that bring us into direct contact with one another. So there are three parts um, to my talk today. Part one, I'm going to introduce Watsuji's phenomenology of Itagara. In part two, I'm going to talk about online spaces and take some ideas from part one and apply them to the context of online spaces. And then I'm going to end with a few just very brief uh, further thoughts and questions for further reflection. So let's start with part one, Watsuji's phenomenology of Itagara. So who is Watsuji? Uh, you can see his dates there. Watsuji was a Japanese philosopher who was a member of what's called the Kyoto School of Japanese philosophy. A philosophy. I've starred member because there's some controversy about whether or not he actually should be considered a proper member of the Kyoto School, but that doesn't need to concern us here. Uh, other prominent members of this school are the founder of the Kyoto School, Kitaro Nishida, Hajimi Tanabe, Keiji Nishitani. Watsuji is interesting uh, in the context of the Kyoto School because unlike these other figures, he's concerned primarily with culture and ethics. Other figures focus mainly on metaphysics, on uh, the nature of uh, religion, 
on uh, other, other topics. And so Watsuji was primarily concerned with culture and ethics. His two books uh, translated into English are Fudo and Rinrigaku. Uh, Rinrigaku, or roughly ethics, is the one that we're concerned with today. He was an incredibly prolific uh, author. He wrote extensively on a range of different topics. So he wrote on Dogen, the 13th century Soto Zen master Dogen, uh, Schopenhauer, Nietzsche, Kierkegaard, Bergson, James, Zen ethics, Confucian ethics, primitive Christianity, Buddhism, many, many other things. So he was just extraordinarily uh, prolific in both the volume of his output and what he wrote about. But as I mentioned, Rinrigaku is the primary text that we're concerned with. So again, this is ostensibly a, a text about ethics. But in fact, uh, most of Rinrigaku is spent setting up what Watsuji thinks are the preliminary topics that have to be discussed before we can then get to a discussion of ethics. So there are a number of core themes in this book. Uh, Aitagara, or betweenness, is really the guiding thread throughout the text. He has really interesting things to say about the phenomenology of embodiment, on, about space. Uh, he engages with Buddhist ideas when he talks about emptiness or the non-dual nature of all things. He talks about philosophy as a transformative practice. Ultimately, I think one of the interesting and defining features of this text is that for Watsuji, ethics is not something that involves a study of abstract principles or behavioral norms. It's a careful study of human reality the self. Any consideration of ethics needs to begin with a consideration of the self that is ethical. That's why he feels motivated to spend all of this time engaging in very sophisticated philosophical treatments of the different topics that I've, uh, that I've listed here. So what is betweenness? What is Aitagara? Well, in short, it's rather complicated. It's a rich notion that's asked to do a lot of things uh, in Watsuji's work. So what I can do is recommend a fantastic book by Aaron McCarthy called Ethics Embodied, Rethinking Selfhood Through Continental Japanese and Feminist Philosophies. But as a way of trying to give at least something of an answer, let me start by quoting um, a, a description of betweenness from Watsuji's uh, student, Yuasa Yasuo. Uh, so, according to, uh, to Yuasa, aitagara or betweenness is a common Japanese term uh, that refers to relationships between people. Uh, it refers to just everyday relationships, things like being a sister, romantic partner, yoga teacher, doctor, parent, these sorts of things. Uh, as Yuasa puts it, it is the network which provides humanity with a social meaning. For example, one's being a member, or sorry, excuse me, an inhabitant of this or that town, or a member of a certain business firm. To live as a person means to exist in such betweenness. But it's also more than this. It's a more complicated idea for Watsuji. Betweenness is not reducible to the ontic relationships of everyday life, specific qualities or roles of these everyday relationships. It's a term that has a deep ontological significance. It captures the way the very being of the embodied subject is bound up with the rich network of interconnections that the subject shares with other embodied subjects. So an important part of Watsuji's phenomenological analysis concerns the relationship between betweenness and spatiality. So Watsuji begins his analysis by observing that uh, human reality is organized not just by temporality. So he's challenging Heidegger here. He knows Heidegger's work. He was one of the earliest commentators and critical commentators uh, on Heidegger. He argues that contra Heidegger, human reality is not organized just by temporality, 
but by important dimensions and intention, uh, intensities of embodied spatiality. And as he puts it, this sort of spatiality is not the same as space in the world of nature. It is rather lived space, the, the betweenness itself of subjective human beings, as he puts it. This subjective spatiality can take what we might call many external forms. So this is the idea that this is space is something that is enacted and negotiated uh, in literally in between subjects. So one of Watsuji's favorite examples concerns the bodily and the affective dynamics that regulate infant caregiver interactions from the start of life. Uh, that's a way the rhythms and the, the turn taking these dynamic exchanges that are present uh, and that both mother and caregiver and infant engage in and self-regulate. These are examples of a very early developmentally important form of embodied betweenness. And so he spends a lot of time talking about these examples. But we find betweenness in other contexts, so getting caught up in, in an episode of emotional contagion at a sporting event or a political rally, uh, going to a Catholic confessional booth and confessing one's sins within that intimate space, uh, disclosing one's sins before the priest and before God in that intimate private space. That's an example of betweenness. Uh, and then, of course, as we'll talk about a little later, going online, uh, pressing a button and pulling up a video chat uh, with a friend in a faraway country is a way of enacting online betweenness. So these are all examples of the way that we enact various forms of relationships and emotional connections with others in various contexts, via various mediums. These are all examples of a kind of external betweenness. But then for the sake of completeness, we should note that for Watsuji, betweenness is also something that is internal to the self. He refers to between us in terms of the dialectical unity of our embodied being. And by that he means we, as embodied beings, we are neither just objects nor are we subjects. We're both. To exist as an embodied being is to exist in between being a pure object in the world like other things on one hand and then being an, a subject of experience, a first person center of agency and experience on the other. Human reality exists literally in between these two dialectical poles. So again, betweenness is something that's both found in the world, literally in between individuals and the spaces that they inhabit, but also, it's also internal to the self. One further distinction that's important before then turning to an analysis of online space. So in his book, in Rinrigaku, uh, Watsuji makes the distinction between what he calls on one hand, subjective spatiality and on the other hand, subjective extendedness. So subjective spatiality refers to the ideas that I just talked about, this idea that is embodied subjects. We don't merely exist as objects or as subjects, we exist as both. And to be an embodied subject in the world means that we inhabit space. But again, we don't just inhabit space the way that objects do, we live our space. We negotiate and manage our spaces in the way that we considered previously. We manage spaces in ways that bring us into direct contact with one another and allow us to share experiences and coordinate our behavior. In other words, we use these lived spaces to fashion various forms of betweenness within the I-thou relationships of everyday life. Watsuji also talks about something he terms subjective extendedness. And by this, he refers to the artifacts, practices, and the spaces that concretely extend our sense of subjective spatiality. We use these artifacts, practices, and spaces to open up new forms of betweenness, new shared spaces, and felt senses of possibility for social connection and interaction that might not otherwise be there. 
as we'll see in a minute, online spaces play a very uh, important role in enacting this kind of subjective extendedness. So examples he refers to in the text very often are communication and transport, uh, transportation technologies. These are material uh, resources that allow us to both um, uh, efface or constrain, kind of limit distances. So I can pick up the telephone and speak to my mother in Southern California. And when talking to her, I feel a sense of intimacy and between us, it wouldn't be there without the support or the resources that a telephone gives me. Uh, so it can constrict distances in that way, but it also opens up felt possibilities for connection, social connection that wouldn't otherwise be there. So if I'm in a small town, for example, with very few uh, railways or roads in and out of that town, I'm going to feel cut off from the rest of the world. This is something Watsuji talks about at some length. But once we introduce a greater density of transportation links, whether it's railway links, roads, etc., that will suddenly open up a new sense of betweenness between the inhabitants of that small town and other parts of the world. So again, subjective spatiality refers to the way that we live our space as embodied subjects. We're not just in space, we live it. And then subjective extendedness refers to the way that we use artifacts, practices, and spaces to concretely extend, enrich, and enhance the sense of subjective spatiality by connecting with others and opening up new forms of betweenness. So that was a kind of quick overview of some basic ideas in Watsuji's rich phenomenology of Itagara, or betweenness. Let me now turn to a consideration of online spaces and put some of these ideas to work. So the main idea here is that rather than just being a means of communication, the interactive nature of our interpersonal encounters online can be, can be conceived of in terms of subjective spatiality proper. In other words, we do not only use the internet as a sophisticated tool for effacing or overcoming physical spaces by communicating with those who are physically distant uh, from us. We also experience the internet and the resources these spaces offer as a resource for creating spaces. These are online spaces that enlarge and enrich, extend, in Watsuji's technical sense of the term, our subjective spatiality by bringing new forms of intensities of betweenness into being that wouldn't otherwise be there. So I'm going to explore these ideas now using some of Watsuji's core concepts. As a way of motivating the, the need for a discussion like this, let me note first that despite its intense interest in intersubjectivity and uh, sociality, Phenomenology has, uh, to date, said very little about the character of our interpersonal encounters online. There are a few exceptions, of course, including some work that Lucy has done. But generally speaking, phenomenology has typically focused on embodied face-to-face -face encounters, the dynamics of our concrete I-thou face-to-face relationship. And online interactions, at least initially, seem to take place in a kind of virtual disembodied space. We're not in our body, it seems, in quite the same way when we're online talking to others that we are, when we encounter them in the physical space. And therefore, these online disembodied virtual encounters might, encounters might seem to lack the concrete qualities that phenomenology is traditionally the most interested in. But I, I think that's a mistake. And so Lucy and I have started to challenge this idea a little bit with some of the work that we've done, both individually and collectively. So as a way of rethinking this idea, uh, note first that online spaces are very robust and dynamic activity spaces. We're doing things continually online. These are activity spaces where we are undertaking all sorts of different actions from browsing websites, we message friends, we upload photos, we uh, scroll through timelines on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook. 
We engage with Zoom meetings uh, with colleagues. We edit documents in real time with co-authors in Google Drive. We might play Dungeons and Dragons on Roll20, watch a video on YouTube, peruse comments, leave our own, etc. The point of this is we're constantly doing things online. Our online spaces are activity spaces. They're tied to our agency, the way that betweenness is in Watsuji's characterization of it. And we're also, when we're online, continually engaging with others either in an explicit sense, when I am messaging or video calling a friend, a family member, or a colleague, or implicitly by reading someone else's blog or comments on YouTube. Now, here's a worry. You might think that, well, fair enough. So we go online, online spaces are social in the senses that I've just outlined, uh, outlined previously, but we're not really engaging with others, at least in the sort of direct, unmediated way that we are when we encounter them in the offline world. So Thomas Fuchs uh, uh, has uh, posed a worry this way about our online encounters and the authenticity of these encounters. He says that when we're online, we're not really directly engaging with others, or to use Watsuji's expression, their subjective spatiality. We're only encountering them in these online spaces indirectly, in a mediated way by signs and symbols that point back to the other who's somehow hidden behind uh, our computer screen or behind the online space that we're encountering them in. And as, uh, as Fuchs puts it, he says, what is lacking? What makes these encounters less than wholly authentic, uh, less than genuine encounters with the other is interaffectivity. And by that, he means the direct feedback from the embodied contact based on emotional cues and expressive gestures that we uh, recognize to be essential parts of our offline embodied encounters. And because our online encounters lack this affective feedback, this dynamic reciprocity, according to Fuchs, we therefore only encounter others in a kind of indirect way, in a mediated, as if sort of way. I encounter them and it feels as though they're present or really accessing them directly, but I'm not. I'm only encountering a sign, a symbol, a representation of the other. And the worry here is that in this indirect counter, this as if structure that characterizes how we encounter others online, uh, risks us projecting our own emotions and imaginative representations onto the other. There's a, the worry, once again, is that without this immediate kind of affective feedback characterizing our offline face-to-face -face encounters, I might misunderstand what they're really expressing. I might misunderstand what they're feeling. I might project my own feelings onto them, and in so doing, distort the authenticity and the character of these online exchanges. So our online uh, encounters are indirect and, uh, and risk being inauthentic, according to Fuchs. So let me come back now to Watsuji to think about why perhaps that worry is not entirely founded. So Watsuji says the following. He seems to anticipate in a, in a very, I think, forward-looking way, the rise of communication possibilities presented by the internet today. In a rather long quote uh, worth quoting at length, he says the following. It is obvious that a direct conversation and the use of a messenger as a mediator constitute practical connections quite different from each other. So he's thinking about putting a letter in the mail and mailing it to a friend and waiting for a response. He says that under circumstances in which a response to a letter is delivered after a month's interval, we cannot be said to be engaging in a conversation in an active manner. If we receive a response at a time when we have almost attached ourselves from the state of mind we were in while writing the letter, and we are unlikely to share the same, the same state of mind. There's too long a temporal gap, in other words, between sending the letter, waiting for a response, receiving the response, and then writing another level. 
We're, we've we've moved on with our lives. We're not. There's no genuine reciprocity or dynamism in this exchange. On the other hand, this is the forward-looking bit. He says that if and when postal services spare no time in delivering words from one person to another, both quickly and frequently, then we shall be able to share pleasures as well as pains. A community of being would thus be realized. So in other words, if our information exchanges were able to meet a certain kind of temporal threshold, where there was an immediate exchange, a back and forth dynamic reciprocity, Watsuji says, that would enable a kind of encounter, a kind of dynamic exchange that would in fact give rise to an authentic form of betweenness, a direct encounter with the other. So again, to put this in a slightly different way, what Suji emphasizes here is that direct conversation, the direct encounter with the other, not only takes place in the context of the temporal dynamics that are distinctive of our face-to-face -face interaction, it can also arise when there is an active and reciprocal interaction between participants in other communicative contexts as well. When this sort of active conversation occurs, then a community of being, a new form of betweenness can emerge. And here's another key quote that I think helps us kind of understand a further step in this argument, he says. Uh, so he says the following, when I as a subject of practice stands face to face with thou, thou stands face to face with I as a subject of practice. One's physical body exhibits personality in every part and hence lures another personality in its every motion. Gestures or expressions of thou who stand over against I are neither motions of physical bodies nor mere vibrations of air, but are the relationships of a subjective thou with an I. And the idea here is, and Watsuji anticipates people like Shaler and phenomenology, other phenomenologists like Sartre de Merleau-Ponty, he says that when we, when we interact with one another, we are not merely physical bodies making noises and movements. We are living subjects, subjective spatialities, to use his term, interacting with and co-regulating with one another in an expressive, an active expressive manner. And what it what, what Suji seems to be saying then is that it seems we can liberate this I-thou relationship, this basic kind of structural dynamic that defines the I-thou relationship from the proximal constraints of face-to-face -face interaction. Again, what Suji says, we can imagine a situation where uh, the exchange that a postal service can facilitate is so rapid, so real-time and immediate, that the same dynamic that characterizes our I-thou embodied face-to-face -face interaction is realized within this postal service facilitated interaction. Uh, again, Watsuji anticipates exactly this when he imagines the postal service speeding up our communicative exchanges to the point where our conversation is no longer mediated. If that were to happen, he says, that would become a form of direct, active, and genuinely reciprocal engagement, a means of realizing the dynamic qualities needed to bring subjects into direct contact with one another in a, an authentic context of betweenness. And that, of course, is something that can happen in the internet, something that today doesn't rely upon the, the postal service or writing letters, but is, is kind of dynamic we can realize when we encounter others in online spaces. So just as one example before then moving to a conclusion, let, let's consider what's up. So when we're engaging with, uh, with people in the context, the online spaces that WhatsApp provides, we typically adopt communicative styles that are very similar to the way that we interact with them uh, in the offline face-to-face -face world. We don't use full sentences, we respect turn-taking rhythms, conversations kind of have a dynamic kind of forward-moving flow to them, a rhythm, 
a tonality and an atmosphere that in many ways mimics the qualities of our offline encounters. So there's a kind of dynamic real-time quality that characterizes how we encounter other people and, in, and not just encounter, but actually interact with them in the context of online spaces that WhatsApp creates, the groups, the spaces that individual chat groups create. In other words, when we co-inhabit these spaces, we are keenly responsive to one another. We affect one another. We adjust the tone, the dynamism, and the qualitative style uh, to how we interact with, with one another in different ways in different contexts. So for example, if I'm talking with a colleague, someone I don't know quite as well as I do a family or a friend member, I'm going to adjust the dynamic qualities I was describing a moment ago accordingly. Maybe I'm a bit slower, I'm a bit more formal, uh, I'm not quite as effusive, I don't use emojis. If I'm interacting with friends and, colleague, friends and family members, I'm going to adopt a much more emotional expressive style. I'm going to, uh, there's going to be a certain atmosphere, a certain affective hue, in other words, or affective coloring that shapes the character of the betweenness I interact when I'm online with uh, family and friends versus when I'm interacting with professional colleagues. And the point, once again, is that in this context, within these online shared spaces, the rhythms, the style, the tone of, of our interaction are all dynamic qualities that shape and regulate the sense of betweenness we experience when we inhabit that space, these WhatsApp spaces with other people. Even though uh, our emotions and our expressions are predominantly articulated through text, they also modulate the betweenness of the participants and can therefore be considered part of our subjective spatiality. There's a sense in which we are having an embodied encounter with others online. And therefore, just as Watsuji highlights that the physical body can express the other's personality, so too one's online communication. Because again, it's not just a physical, we're not just physical bodies, we're subjective bodies. And our subjective spatiality can literally be extended through and enacted within the spaces of these online encounters. And these observations, therefore, shed light on why we don't experience all our online interactions as being the same, as having the same expressivity or felt character. Again, they're co-regulated by the other person, the context of betweenness in which they occur. And so each context of betweenness is going to have a slightly different character. It's going to be constituted by different subjective spatialities coming into contact with one another and constructing this sense of betweenness this context of Itagara online. So just a few very brief final thoughts and then I'm done. So what I've suggested is that Watsuji's phenomenology of Itagara can be fruitfully applied to the online realm as well as the offline social realm. And this Watsuji-inspired approach takes seriously the expressive, the communicative, and inter-affective aspects of our online encounters and, this, and social spaces online without falling into a kind of a reductive tendency to think of the internet as either something that just is an informational resource on one hand or a kind of space of cold, symbolic, and indirect form of interaction the way that folks at times seem to think about it. I think a Watsuji-inspired approach allows us to do justice to the rich, affective, and expressive experience of online interactions online communities, interpersonal relationships, and forms of connectedness that these spaces offer. And in that sense, I think Watsuji offers immense theoretical resources for thinking through different experiential dimensions of these features of our online sociality. So just let me end with just a couple of uh, very brief further questions to think about that I think are opened up by these considerations. So 
One question is how do different styles of betweenness develop online, both between individuals and within the constraints of different online platforms? Different online spaces facilitate and create and constrain different possibilities for different forms of betweenness. Talking to somebody on WhatsApp or Facebook, for example, Facebook chat is different than when we interact with them in a blog space or in a Reddit, Reddit comment thread. How do these different styles of betweenness develop online? And what is the relationship between these styles of betweenness and the technological spaces in which they unfold? Secondly, how do we develop the skills needed to fashion different forms of betweenness online? Sociality is a skill. We learn and improve our ability to connect with people, both in the offline world and when online. What sort of resources and experiences are needed to develop the skills to be a, a successful individual capable of constructing rich and, and authentic forms of betweenness online? And then finally, if betweenness is constitutive of the self, as Watsuji contends, and we increasingly enact more and more betweenness online, what implications does this have for thinking about the nature of the self more generally? How do these issues connect up with issues of self and personal identity? But these are all questions for another time, so I'm going to stop there. Thank you very much.